0: Welcome to the pickup. I'm Will Lewis, and today's guest is Jeffrey Kafer. Am I pronouncing that correctly, Jeff?
1: You are Kafer like wafer.
0: Kafer like wafer. That's right. right. I'll have to remember that. Okay. Welcome to the pickup.
1: How are you? (laughs) Thank you. Thanks. I'm great. Glad to be here. Thank you for inviting me.
0: Okay. Now, Jeff, you've narrated over 200 audiobooks and found a lot of success in the voiceover market in Los Angeles. How would you get started in voice acting?
1: Uh, well, you know, I when I was, I worked at Microsoft for 10 years in the video game uh, group. And one day they said, hey, we need someone to do some scratch VO for this video game that we're working on. Uh, scratch VO is the temporary VO that's just used to help animators do timing and such, things like that. Mm-hmm. And so I went into the studio and I recorded a whole bunch of stuff that was never going to be shipped um, in the game. And I had so much fun doing it. Absolute blast doing it. And it was then I decided, hey, you know, I'd like to do more of this. So I started to do it and built up a client base. I was moonlighting while I was working at Microsoft and I built up a client base and after I left Microsoft, I had a built-in client base and kept on going.
0: So you were you known at Microsoft for having a good voice, or you were just a warm body that uh, that was close by?
1: At, at that time, I was a warm body uh, for the Scratch VO. Um, but I slowly became, I don't want to say known. Uh, I, You know, I was never really a famous voiceover person at Microsoft. I had a primary job there I had to do instead. So, mm-hmm. you know, this right. was always very... Uh, very much a side business with permission, of course. Of course. Yeah.
0: Now, if you can walk us through your process for selecting titles, books to narrate and or audition for, because I know that a a lot of times you don't have to audition for books. Writers approach you. Is that correct?
1: Well, writer authors and publishers, I don't just work with Authors individually through ACX, I work with a number of publishers like Tantor and Blackstone, Harper Audio, and I'm on their roster. And if a book comes down the pipe that they know I can handle, they send me an email and uh, I don't ever say no. (laughs) Um, So, So they have books that they're
0: looking for narrators for and you're on their short list and they think they say, "Okay, well, this this would be something Jeff could do a really good job with.
1: I, you know, I hope that's the mentality they have. (laughs) I really hope they say, wow, Jeff would be great at this book. Uh, We'll see. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I know there's a lot of narrators out there who want to do this work. So um, I still have to go shopping for books. You know, I'm constantly reminding publishers, hey, uh, my December is, excuse me, my December is, uh, you know, I've got room in my December, so send me a, if you have anything, let me know. Right. And they're like, oh, okay, sure, here you go. Yeah. So, yeah. and I know this is very common with other narrators too. Sort of, we're constantly reminding, constantly marketing, I guess, for lack of a better word, ourselves to publishers, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Um, but as far as, when you're talking about working with directly with authors, I assume you mean something like ACX. Yes. Yeah. Um, I You know, anything that is a, Per finished hour gig of uh, a union, right? Because I am a SAG after a narrator. Mm-hmm. Um, I will audition for and seek out. I'm, I'm not really. I hate to say this, <laughs> but I'm not really very picky about the books I take. And I know I should be. I should probably come onto the show and say, you know, I really like to choose books that uh, make me stretch as an actor and really speak. No, it's not like that. Yeah. I, I do books that pay money because I got bills to pay.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah, I imagine it's kind of like driving a taxi cab, right? You'll take a fare. Wherever the fare needs to go, you take it.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, yeah. I definitely understand. and And I understand it would be a totally different mindset if you were doing royalty share titles.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a whole other beast. I mean, <clears throat> I don't really do much in the way of royalty share anymore except for... Books from a couple of authors that I know sell well, mm-hmm. um, but I don't just blindly audition for royalty share. Right. Now that's a, that's a fool's errand. Nothing against ACX, but I mean, you just you just don't know, and you're gonna invest sixty hours in a book and not know if you're gonna get paid at all. Oof.
0: Yeah. Now you graduated from college with a degree in film and broadcasting. Right. Now, how did you get interested in in film, and how did that, or how has that experience in college influenced your voiceover work?
1: Well, you know, it's funny. When I was a kid, I actually wanted to be an actor. I started on the stage doing community theater when I was 13, Mm -hmm. and I decided, oh, you know what? I can't make a living as an actor, (laughs) so I went into film and broadcasting thinking I was going to be, I was going to make movies, Because, you know, that's so easy Uh to make a living in, right? (laughs) And so (laughs) I got a degree in that. And then I went, somehow I got sucked into the tech world. So I worked for Macromedia and then Microsoft for, you know, both of those companies combined for like 15 years. And then I got back into acting after Mm -hmm. I actually got laid off from Microsoft. And so I just sort of got back into acting. So it's, it's all kind of come full circle. Right. Um right. but having having the, the 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 broadcasting background is actually helpful because I get to see the other side of the glass. You know, I know a lot more about the audio production side of things. You know, I know more mm-hmm. of the the technical stuff that goes along with it.
0: Yeah, and I imagine having that production experience also can help inform your your performance in certain circumstances, right? Because you you can put your producer glasses on and say, "Hey, this is probably what the the publishing company or the the, the audio book uh, publishing company wants to see from this particular character or this particular book."
1: Certainly, that's there. There's some of that, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I know I know what they what they what they're looking for when they give direction. They may give a mm-hmm. basic nebulous thing more purple you know i know what they mean when they give vague directions um oh, but really the, do you the, get that
0: do you get that sometimes do you
1: get do that we get direction vague direction more purple not not more purple that's sort of a that's sort of a joke because oh, there's okay. no way to there's, there's there's no way to act that but it's a it's an extreme of of the kind of direction we get more conversational but 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 Try to be more formal but less but more conversational. Generic right. weird direction. Yeah. And this is not in the audiobook world, this is more in the commercial VO world where you get odd, sometimes even contradictory. I want you to go faster but not sound faster. <laughs> you know, it's like what? Yeah. So but really the acting is where that comes into play. Mm-hmm. You know, being able to understand and interpret the copy is is really all the actor skill.
0: Right. Yeah. Now, speaking of uh, your days with Microsoft, you were there for 10 years testing video games. Right. Right. Now, that's a fantasy for most teenage boys.
1: You'd think, right? Yeah. You'd and, think.
0: <laughs> and so you mentioned you were laid off. Is that, and, and you know, in addition to doing some scratch VO work there, I mean, was that, did both of, the, both of those sort of serve as the... Uh, Catalyst to that led you away from from video game testing. You know, certainly being laid off had a big uh, had a lot to do with it.
1: <laughs> yeah, them not wanting me to show up the next day was really the big impetus there. <laughs> um, you know what it was. You know, it when I was working on these games, and I was I, I I worked on some of the biggest games in the industry. I worked on Gears of War. I worked on Mass Effect, Fable, Zoo Tycoon, Mech Warrior. I worked on some of the biggest games out there.
0: What did you do on them, by the way?
1: I was a tester. Which means you played them. Yeah, well... No? Well, so remember, I'm playing, I'm playing quote unquote, the game long before the game is done. Okay. So the analogy I use is, yeah, you're, you can test Solitaire, right? But imagine if you're playing Solitaire on your computer, half the art is missing, the rules are totally broken, and it crashes every 30, you know, 30, 40 seconds. Mm-hmm and do that for eight hours. (laughs) Not so much fun, is it? Yeah. People think that I'm testing finished games. I'm not. We're testing games that are completely... They're, you know, a year from being complete. They're broken. They... And my... The job as a game tester is actually extremely technical. Um, In the early days, we were were writing tools on how to test the game. We weren't sitting there just pounding on the game. Mm -hmm. There was you know there was a lot of technical stuff that went along with it before i left they were hiring testers who had degrees in computer science from harvard masters degrees hmm. that's the kind of testing that was going on or the kind of requirements they had for testers okay and as we said before i had a degree in film and broadcasting so <laughs> yeah. yeah so really the the job sort of um I It it outgrew me, really, for lack of a better word. Okay. So, but anyway, what the heck were we talking about that for? Um, What I would notice mostly is that they would hire, for the voiceover stuff, they would hire lots of Los Angeles-based celebrities, and I was in Seattle at the time. Right. Um, And really all it did was make me jealous, because I had no way of getting into these video games. They weren't ah. going to let some random tester guy go and, you know, audition or whatever. Right. So I was like, man, I really wish I could do this stuff. I really, really wish I could be in this game or that game or whatever, you know. So mm-hmm. it certainly piqued my interest by working in these games, but um, there was certainly no foot in the door, any uh, any opportunity by working on them. Right. Yeah. Okay. I don't even remember what your original question was.
0: No, it... it <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 that was just sort of it like, like what led you away from Microsoft and then we established the fact earlier that you actually got laid off from them so that was,
1: that was well you know another another thing that, that led me that led me away I guess is for lack of a better word is I had a half an hour commute so I would listen to audiobooks every single day driving into work I went through hundreds of audiobooks really yeah so and I and I was like I could do this I really want to do this oh yeah yeah. You know, people who I really looked up to, Scott Brick and Grover Gardner and uh, Barbara Rosenblatt, all these people who are, you know, the, the heroes of the industry.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Now they're now they're colleagues, which is kind of weird to me still.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. So. In addition to narration that you do, you also do some corporate e-learning. What is that like?
1: Um, It's not sexy. Um, (laughs) I wish it was, but it's, it's not, but it pays well and it pays the bills. It's, Mm -hmm. you know, it could be anything from people, companies put together, you know, PowerPoint or, or e-learning projects on how to do things, you know, how to drive a forklift or how to use a purse, a piece of software or how to do whatever, you know, compliance for various legal things. And they have to have a voice to go along with it. Um, so they hire me and all these other voice talents uh, to do it, mm-hmm. and so one of the one of the questions I often get when I tell people I'm a voice artist is they say, "Oh, what have you done that I would have heard?" Um, well, nothing unless you're in the collections department for Citibank and you had this particular e-learning training. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah.
1: So, so you know.
0: three things that are different between e-learning narration i don't i don't know if i, if I should call it narration <clears throat> but between performing e-learning and audiobooks
1: uh e-learning pays better i hate to say that but it does um audiobooks are more actory especially when you're talking about fiction because there's characters there's no characters in in e-learning mm-hmm. um and e-learning does not take as long generally. You know, I can do one project um, in a day usually, maybe a couple of projects in a day, whereas an audiobook takes a week.
0: Is that because you don't have to voice different characters?
1: Uh, It's strictly in the length. You know, e-learning project may be at most 10,000 words, whereas a book is 10 times that.
0: Right. Okay.
1: So those were three things. (laughs)
0: All right. Yep. Okay. So moving away from business here for just a second, Jeff, tell us a little bit about your family.
1: Oh, ah, my family. I have a wife, Sarah, um, and I have a 14-year-old son, Bryce, and an 11-year-old daughter, Haley. And that's it. <laughs> and a dog. I have a dog, too, who's a big pain in the butt.
0: And the dog. What kind of dog do you have?
1: Oh, he's a total mutt. He's a German short hair, pointer, lab, border Collie mix.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah,
1: yeah. He's a mutt. Uh,
0: <laughs> well, it sounds like you have a very nice family.
1: Oh, thank you. Thank you. I'll keep them.
0: So now we've got a free association game we'd like to play with you, Jeff. Okay. I'm going to give you a word or a phrase and, you know, just whatever comes to mind, just go ahead and spit it out for us. All right. I always enjoy...
1: Going out to dinner.
0: I can't stand it when... People humble brag. Humble brag. What is that?
1: A uh, humble brag is this is usually an online thing. People say, I just got a national spot. I can't believe they chose me. Ah. Like, dude, just <laughs> brag, okay? You got a national spot. Anyway,
0: <laughs> it, it can leave everything after the comma all. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> One of my favorite movies of all time is
1: Citizen Kane.
0: Why Citizen Kane?
1: Uh, because it's the, see, and this is where the film student comes out, because it's the f- movie that did everything first. Everything you see in movies today, from camera angles to depth of field, everything was done first in Citizen Kane.
0: The
1: trailblazer, yeah. Exactly.
0: I'd rather prepare a tax return than have to...
1: Edit my own audio.
0: Ah, <laughs> and now you're at the point in your career where you can outsource that. So
1: I, w- I do, and it's not about being a point in your career. It's about quoting the right amount of the money so that you can outsource that.
0: Okay. The one moment I wish I could relive is...
1: My wedding day. <laughs> Wasn't that sweet?
0: Tell us a little bit about your wedding day.
1: Oh, it was just a... I mean, it was a wedding, right? So, I mean, it was... It was in Los Angeles, and it, uh, it was a beautiful day, had a beautiful wife, and it was so long ago. It was like, geez, I don't know, 16 years ago. It'd be nice to go back and relive it again.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. One person from my past who I wish I was still friends with is...
1: My high school drama teacher.
0: The one who was your first acting teacher.
1: Um, the first one that really pushed me as an actor, yeah, he, we did think we didn't do the generic things like Oklahoma and, you know, the Greece or whatever. We didn't do the cheesy usual high school stuff. We did more avant garde. We did some really tough kinds of pieces of, of, of theater. And he really pushed us to, he never treated us like you're just high schoolers. Let's do the easy stuff. He's like, you guys are actors. Let's, let's push us, push you. And unfortunately, he died a few years ago from cancer, so I was never able to keep in touch with them and say, "Hey thank you for everything you taught me here's what I'm using here's what I'm doing with uh, with everything you taught me
0: right yeah well, it sounds like he was a big influence on Europe he was on your, on yeah he was
1: a good guy good guy I didn't I didn't appreciate him at the time because he pushed us it was it was hard
0: mm-hmm. and yeah.
1: no no teenager likes to be pushed so but now i I appreciate what he taught me
0: If I could no longer be a voice actor,
1: I would be... A Chippendales dancer.
0: Chippendales.
1: (laughs) I'm just kidding. No, I don't know. Uh, I'm doing exactly what I want to do. I would say video game tester, but I know what that world is like, so I'd rather be a voice actor.
0: Okay. One thing I know today that I wish I'd known 10 years ago is...
1: To respect and listen to those people who know more than I do.
0: That's always a tough thing to do, isn't it?
1: Yeah it is. Oh yeah. And and as a follow on to understand that I don't know as much as I think I do. And that's true any time in your life I think.
0: Mhm. My children would be surprised to know that I
1: Gosh, I don't know. I'm very open with my children. Uh No secrets. No secrets. I I I have no way of answering that. I don't I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Pass. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's fine. Okay, if 3000 years into the future, one of your descendants discovered a 30-second segment of this interview, which part would you want it to be?
1: Uh the part about 30 seconds ago when I said listen to people who know more than you. Respect those people and you don't know nearly as much as you think you do. Mm.
0: Advice for the ages. I I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> We we need to make sure we we uh, put together a little time capsule
1: with a, yeah. a flash drive. That's a great idea from this interview. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, it'll be compatible with computers in the future.
0: Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. Very well done, Jeff. Thank you very Thank much. Thank you. Now oh, my tell pleasure. us tell us about a project you're working on right now that is the most exciting to you. The the single one that you're most excited about.
1: Uh, I'm doing a series of uh, books called The Empire's Core, and it's really exciting. It's a uh, sort of a space opera, um, this mm-hmm. huge sci- I'm doing two of them, actually. Um, the Empire Core and The Frontier Saga. Both of these space opera sci-fi behemoths have, I don't know, 10, 11 books in the, in the series. And so I'm on book three of one and ten on the, of the other. And it's really interesting to see where the author keeps progressing the story without it getting old.
0: Do you find it difficult at all to move back and forth between projects and characters and voices like that?
1: You know, I thought I might have a problem, but I don't, because the authors have very distinct voices and mm-hmm. the characters are doing very different things. They're very different kinds of sagas. Um, the Frontier Saga is more very reminiscent of star trek classic star trek Mm -hmm. um whereas empire core is more a harder sci-fi it's more technical i think in some ways and it's more military driven and there's a lot of political overtones and such Mm -hmm. um so the what the 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 point that the authors are trying to make um or not make are very so very different that it's surprisingly easy to to keep the story separate
0: okay yeah that's great well thank you for joining us jeff
1: Thank you. My pleasure.
0: It's been a pleasure talking with you. Now, how can people follow your work?
1: Uh, the best way is to follow me on Facebook. Um, I guess just look, search for my name and follow me on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, I and post all of my books there.
0: And that's, uh, can you spell your name for us?
1: J E F F R E Y, Jeffrey. Jeffrey K A F E R. 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 Like wafer.
0: Kafer like wafer. All yeah. right.
1: Or they can go to jeffreykafer.com. That's just my regular website. Okay.
0: All right. So, Jeff, can you play us out with something?
1: Uh, what do you mean by that?
0: <laughs> well, usually our guest, we have our guest, play us out with some exhibition of their voice talent. You know, just something <clears throat> that you think might be sugar for the ear of our listeners. doesn't have to be anything elaborate. Uh if, it's, if you want to do a character voice, an, imperson, an impersonation, sing a song, recite a poem, anything. And if you can't come up with anything, that's fine, too. <laughs>
1: uh, you know, it's funny. I have a commercial copy here I need to do, but I'll leave out the uh, the name of the, uh, the the retailer if that's okay.
0: This is a commercial copy. What product?
1: Uh, it's just an ad for their store.
0: Just an ad for their store. All right. Uh, well,
1: <laughs> I'll just do a little bit of it. It's a little bit different than my usual narrator voice, which tends to be you know, low and flat and blah 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 okay. So I get hired for this sort of spot a lot more, but... It's the holiday season, which means it's also football, hockey, and basketball season. Which means there are probably lots of fans shopping for gifts. But of course they don't have much time, because it's football, hockey, and basketball season. And there's a good chance a lot of them are watching all the action at... Blank. Which is why... Blank. Are the perfect gift for every fan. I get a lot of that high energy kind of a. All right, yeah. Kind of a spot.
0: How do you do? You like that better than narrating audiobooks?
1: Uh, yeah, I don't. Li- I love all my children equally. Um, you know, I I like it all. It's a nice change from the the audiobook stuff. But if I had to do that all day, my voice wouldn't last more than a half an hour.
0: Right, yeah, because I, you know, I I've talked to a lot of voice actors who've done that type of work who are now trying to get into narrating audiobooks. And I get, i talk to a lot of actors who've narrated audiobooks for years who now want to do more of that type of commercial work.
1: Yeah, yeah, they're very different skill sets. Yeah,
0: maybe it's a little bit of that familiarity breeds contempt sort of thing going on. Uh,
1: Could be, very well could be, yeah.